Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. In my 27 years as a Victorian policewoman, I investigated everything from a stolen bicycle to a stolen life. Policing taught me a lot about human nature, which I explore in my podcasts with a variety of fascinating guests discussing the human side and impact of crime, not only on their lives, but mine as well. My podcasts are not suitable for children and some adults for that matter. If you find yourself affected by my subject matter, please contact Lifeline or any other support, service or person that you feel comfortable with. My guests provide their recollection of an event or incident, sharing their thoughts and their emotions, but it's theirs and not everyone will agree with them. I understand that and I hope you do too. Thank you. Those are least of your worries, you know. You're in a survival mode. You're, you're just uh, you're just trying to stay alive there and then. And you're thinking of present and how can I survive this hour or this minute. Uh, hello, everyone. Uh, just a bit of a heads up. The next couple of weeks won't be easy listening for many or most of you. I interview a woman uh, who was raped, abducted, tortured and locked in a cupboard. We've left out a few pieces of information which I just felt was too graphic to share Uh, and the usual warnings apply. Okay, thanks. Gloria Anderson has to be the most forgiving person on this earth. Her faith in God is incredibly strong and I believe it's the reason that she possesses such forgiveness. Not only is she forgiving, but she's courageous and brave as well, amazingly so. Gloria has got every reason in the world to think that the world was or is a very dark, cruel place to belong, but it's just not in her nature to think like that. Gloria worked in a soup kitchen helping those less fortunate who couldn't afford life's basics like, say, food, shelter and safety. Gloria's faith drove her to provide what she could to these people, many of whom were lost and lonely. And, you know, no, just speaking to Gloria, she would have been such a shining light to those who came into that soup kitchen. Gloria saw the goodness in many, including Darren, a regular client who'd lost his job, his home, and his self-worth. And look, he was a bit of a rough diamond. Uh, Gloria was finding it hard to make ends meet and to help with the bills. 
and she had boarders to do this, but Darren took the place of a boarder who'd left. Uh, and for the first couple of months, it actually seemed to be working out really well for both of them. But things began to change when Darren wanted to be more than a boarder to Gloria. He wanted a relationship, which Gloria didn't, and she made that plainly clear. But Darren didn't take that news too well, and feeling rejected and angry, he bound and raped her. He tortured her, then abducted her, putting her bound and gagged into the boot of her own car, and he drove it to a New South Wales motel where he again raped and tortured her and locked her in a cupboard. Somehow, Gloria managed to escape and alert the owners of the motel. But it's there that Gloria's nightmare really began. Because of laws which wouldn't allow Gloria to give her evidence once and once only to a court, Gloria had to give evidence at trial in two separate states for the offences committed in that state only as the respective laws wouldn't allow her to give her evidence just the once. It just seemed and seems to be all about fairness to the accused with, I've got to say, almost total disregard to the victim. In saying that, I'm actually not sure how you would fix that because different states have different laws, different police rules and regulations. But surely there must be some way that Gloria could have been saved the trauma of giving her evidence again and again. And on top of all this, Gloria's faith has somehow managed to allow her to forgive Darren and even feel a little bit sorry for him. Oh, Gloria, that that uh, introduction, boy. Um, but thank you for joining us today on um, uh, NFI. And I believe we have another guest with us, have we? Yes, uh, thank you for having me, Narelle. Uh, yes, I have a little, my cat sitting next to me. So if you hear any meowing or rustling, it'll be the cat probably walking across my laptop. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, well, we'll deal with that as it happens. Let's just wing it and see how we go. But um, yes, thank you so much, Gloria. Uh, you know, this is really quite a, a difficult conversation to have from my point of view just because I cannot imagine uh, what you have gone through. Um, but you are very strong and um, you want others to hear your story, but we want to try and do everything we can to alert people to some of the inadequacies in our laws, and the only way we can do that is to do something like this. So, um, in in beginning, and just to start the questions, Gloria, I think I know the answer to this question. But in the hour or so that I've spoken to you prior to today, despite all the trauma that you've experienced, you still see the good in everyone, and you've got such. And people will hear this as we go on, but you've got such a bright, effervescent personality. How do you do that, Gloria? Uh, I believe uh, a lot to do with my upbringing, I would say, and also my faith are the main things that drive uh, drive everything I do, uh, including the work I do or um, even seeing the good in people. Um, so, you know, being a Christian, going to church, uh, I strongly believe in practicing what you preach or... Um, I know I, I'm not a perfect person. 
I'll have I have plenty of flaws. I'm not perfect, you know. Nobody's perfect, but we, um, um, I'll say, strive to do the best with what we have. Strive to do the best uh, of what I learn as well as a as a Christian. So I think and try to practice that and and to give that. So yeah, that's the best way I can answer that. <laughs> mm. Yeah, it's um. I don't have a faith like that, Gloria. I, it's funny, um, and I know you'd probably uh, have uh, an explanation for this, but with what I saw, I've never been a particularly um, um, religious person, yep. but what I saw within policing, I, I just saw such um, cruelty, uh, such... Oh, I, I just saw some terrible things and mm. I do think if there was a God, mm. why would he or she allow such terrible things to happen to people? And, a, and like what we're going to speak about today, it doesn't get any worse than that, Gloria. So I just can't imagine, uh, well, I was going to say I can't imagine how you could continue mm to have such faith with what's happened because you could have just fallen over and said, you know, yeah. where is, what sort of a God is this that allows this? Yeah. Um, but I really admire you, Gloria, because most people wouldn't be that understanding and forgiving. Uh, I believe there is free will, right? We all have a choice to make. We choose to do good or bad. And I believe as as a Christian, like we were given free will to choose good or bad. And mm-hmm. if somebody chooses to do bad, that does not mean there's no God. That's their choice. They have made that and they have to live with that consequences. You know, it's yes. like yep. driving to a red light. You have to pay the bill, right? You have to pay the fine. You have, you have done the deed. You have to pay for it. I believe it's the same. I'm trying to do, I'm trying to explain in a very simplistic way. So I believe it's the same way in a in a human sort of form. But it just happens that when we do stuff, it's a lot more hurtful and a lot more harmful, and it can appear so gruesome and cruel and you know nasty. And uh, I probably think it's a very simplistic form of explaining this, but that's how I see it. And if I find it easier in some ways to handle it and go, well, like, for example, Darren did what he did and he's accountable to that, to God. I'm not accountable for his deeds. I'm, I'm accountable for my action and reaction to what he's done, if that makes sense. Oh, it does, Gloria. And like I said, I really admire uh, the way that you see the world, because as I said, I don't think many could um, could see it like that. But look, can we talk a little bit about Darren? Can can you tell us about the soup kitchen and how you came to meet him? Yes, definitely. Uh, Darren uh, sort of uh, he was referred to our centre by the Centrelink. Um, we were not that far away from uh, the office and came for a food parcel and he sort of you know hung around for a meal and he quite liked the atmosphere so he just he sort of you know came to volunteer he asked if he could volunteer saying he had a bit of a security background he'd done a bit of security work in sydney and uh, 
we always have issues, you know, people coming in drunk or all sorts of, you know, um, yep. things yep. at the center because it's a it's an open house for everybody. And uh, our coordinator at that time said, yes, definitely is more wel- most welcome and you can, you know, hang around. So soon became part of part of our, our volunteer group. Uh, yeah. Okay. And sort of, you know, accepted and loved by everybody. Um, yeah. We was not treated any different than any other volunteer that was there. So, yeah, that was my, my introduction to Darren. And so um, with your introduction to Darren and you meeting him, let's say initially, what was his personality like? Um, I often said he was a bit, bit like a big teddy bear sort of a personality, you know, friendly, always cracking jokes, Um so always having a good laugh, uh, helpful, and yeah. So that was the initial uh, first impression. So I'm, I mean, I was cautious, uh, you know, cautious with mm. as a girl. I guess everybody's a bit cautious with you know guys around, especially in a place like uh, our center. Um, yeah. So yeah, that's about it. That was my first impression of Darren. Okay, and so can you explain uh, what? the first few months were like when Darren moved into your home to help with the bills, as we said before, you um, had boarders quite a bit to help with the bills and Darren um, just replaced another boarder that left. So can you tell us about those first initial months and and when did it start to change? Uh, Definitely. Um, He was very good. There was a, when he moved in, there was another border as well. So I had two guys staying. There's a, there was a, I had a, a sort of a granny flat at the back. So it was, one border was staying there and there was another spare room in, in the house. And Darren initially was staying there. Uh, so it was fairly friendly. Uh, you know, he worked not that far. He found a job not that far from my, um, kids school so occasionally he would even walk the kids to school on his way to work you know it was around the same time uh yeah became part of part of the family so to speak along with you know um the other person who was staying with um staying with us and and I think about uh, I'm trying to think about five six months into it he started pushing boundaries uh, and then, you know, it started off with crude jokes and then it sort of went on, um, yeah, um, sort of, it just sort of, ex- sort of, you know, I'm trying to find an exact way to explain it. It just, it's sort of, you know, friends, but then you would, you know, this accidental brush, you know, with hands here, you know, you know, just, yep. That sort of it just is sort of oh you know oops I this happened or I touched you the wrong way or you know yeah, um, yeah. just grooming is the probably the right word I was yes that was that was the word I was going to use it sounds like um, like you know that happens when people meet um, people that they like yeah um, I understand uh, Darren obviously liked you uh, and. Uh, but he was, as you say, uh, pushing those boundaries. Yeah. But uh, you made it very, very clear that uh, it wasn't uh, on your horizon. But before we go any further, Gloria, 
just before you tell us in, in as much detail or as little detail as you feel comfortable about what happened when you rejected his advances, I know you wanted me to explain to the listeners that you will more than likely sound uh, quite robotic yeah. dealing with what has occurred. But because you've given this evidence many times, you've been cross-examined, you, you have, as I said, given this so many times, it's almost like I, I suppose you're reading from a book and, and you may appear to sound unaffected or unemotional, but um, you want it to assure everybody, and I do too, that that is far from the truth. The truth is that if you let yourself go and not put up this brave facade, you actually couldn't tell your story because it, you would get too emotional. So I'm sure the listeners will appreciate whatever you can tell us and understand um, how you come across may not actually be how you feel. Um, so I just wanted to put that in there before you continued. Thank you. So uh, so um, can we go back to he, he was um, making moves yeah. uh, that you uh, were rejecting? Yeah. Um, so he, and also he was, I also noticed, uh, he had started scaring off people around me and so sort of isolating me as well from friends and, uh, also potential boarders as well. I remember there was another lady who sort of came to see the room and he sort of, you know, basically I believe he scared her off. Uh, so like, yeah. Again, that whole grooming thing, and he was isolating me. And um, he did assault me prior, but, you know, we women sometimes <laughs> don't sort of react or, you know, just, uh, I guess, due to circumstances, I just ignored the situation, should I say. Um, and uh, and also because I was just, I had just separated from my husband. So I was dealing with the divorce and separation and trying to be a single mom and then having Darren be Darren and, you know, and make his moves and different things. And so I guess that was least of my worries, so to speak, even though it was big in hindsight, if I look at it now, but uh, I think, yeah, so that that was sort of a bit hard and I tried to brush it off uh, very sort of calmly initially but just really gently like you know yep. just laugh it off or just not encourage it in some ways should I say or not say anything beyond what you know if he said something crude I would just like ha 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 and just leave it at that and not you know not feed it so to speak and uh, from there, uh, he, I guess the rejection, I think so. I, it was after, uh, after my birthday, I think that was the massive, I was like, I just, you know, I was like, we cannot, it cannot happen. We have two very different people, you know, A, I can't be, he was not religious or, you know, uh, I was like, it can't work. I'm fairly religious. I go to church and our values are different, you know, just I couldn't see it working. So I had just put my foot down. I was like, that's it. And he calmed down and he sort of seemed to back off, so to speak. Mm -hmm. And so that was around 
um, my birthday, and then three months later, and just uh, we went for a party or something. We came back, and he just snapped, literally just snapped. Um, and sort of uh, he made his initial move, um, and I was, like, exhausted because we, I was cooking all day. Um, I was tired, so he was like, oh, just, you know, rub your shoulders. I'm like, yeah, whatever. And then, like, oh, your feet is, yeah, just put your feet up and, you know, sort of work, working his way up, so to speak. And... Uh, and and he snapped, um, and I and I refused. I in, refused the initial. Uh, I was like, I literally my words were darn the hundredth time. You know, I can't do this. It's enough. And he just snapped out of there, and then he punched me and uh, slapped me, and then the whole drama started. So yeah, that was the initial. I guess. Um, progress from from being a border to you know leading him leading into the incident so when when you say that he punched you um whereabouts did he punch you and and did it cause bruising or like was it a slap or a punch can you explain that a bit to us um yeah he he sort of dragged me to my my bedroom and he punched me oh, on my right. stomach. So, like, that was, like, I've never been punched in the stomach. So, like, and, like this was my first sort of punch in the stomach. Um, and, oh, yes, and then he uh, can't just, I'm, I won't, I, I will say, I won't remember the exact, <laughs> you know, it's been a while. <laughs> I won't oh, remember yes, the exact, yes. uh, what do you call, uh, chronicle or, you know, yeah. order of it's things. all right. It's all right, Gloria. You're not giving evidence in court now. <laughs> well, uh, feel free to, we, and we don't know. So you just tell I us what you feel like. Me, it bothers me. I'm sort of, you know, like, well, this happened first or that happened before. Yeah, yeah, no, that's okay. You just tell it how you remember it. That's okay. And uh, yeah, for, yeah, just from there, he he tied me up. I think so. He. Uh, tied my hand up or something and then yeah he tried to put something in my he tried to feed me something or you know it was some sort of drink or something and it, he said oh, it okay. was vodka yep. and it wasn't vodka then and then he I think he freaked out and then he untied me and then um yeah so that was just all very sort of I was in shock because I was like, what happened? It just literally flipped within, you know, seconds, yep. so to speak. Yep. Um, and then um, I was just getting over that shock and then he went away. I guess I could have done, people say like, why didn't you react then or could have gone to the police? I guess I was just shocked. I was like, what's happened? Just making sense mm. of it again in all of yep. it. Yep. And the next day, um, uh, yeah, next day he, next day things just got worse. Uh, first, initially he said, "Oh, would you really go to the police?" I was like, "I don't know. I'm still processing this." Uh, and then he said, "Oh, I'll hand myself in." I'm like, "If you want to, go for it." And uh, and I think he freaked out. I guess realizing what will that mean, you know, if he did surrender himself. Um, and then next day. Uh, he made me a coffee. 
uh, that was just a bit weird. And then he asked me, uh, we were sitting outside um, and he asked me, he's like, do you still want me to go to police? I said, I would prefer so, yes. And then he just, that's when the whole literal nightmare sort of began. Um, yeah. And from there, he, uh, that was like, okay, I know how this is going to work. So, and, and he dragged me back to the bedroom, tied me up. That's where uh, the torture started. Um, and uh, torture, not by words, like physical torture. <laughs> so um, he, uh, he pierced my nipples with sewing needles, he used it like a literally like a tap, the needles, and he would twist it. Oh, um, God. Yeah. My breasts were all at the end of two, three days, it was all black, blue, and all colors of the rainbow, possibly, I think. And and he used that as as a tool, pretty much, to torture, to get anything out of me, or, you know, to respond or make me do things. So that was his thing to do. And then he, uh, yeah, decided, uh, uh, yeah, he... He took pictures of me naked. He, uh, you know, raped me, and it just, and then in because now he was freaking out. So then it just uh, it continued back and forth from his room to my bedroom. He would just uh, and he had you know he had pillowcase over my head. So I guess you know disconnecting the person, you know, as they say in psychology. So you know you're disconnecting, so that you don't have to see the person suffering, and. So that happened, and I, I I don't know what what not he put inside my body. And um, at one point, he even injected a methylated spirit, um, which I found out later on. Um, he said it was something else, but you know, the police evidence and different things, they found out it was something else. Um, I mean, found out it was methylated spirit. That burned like hell. <laughs> it was horrible. What? Where did? I think I know where you mean, but can we just? Do you mean that he put that in your vagina? Yes, he did. Yes. Oh my goodness, Gloria. Um. Uh, yeah. And. Uh, yes. Yeah, so it just it, it it was it was gruesome. Um. And. And obviously, like I said, he took pictures of me and all sorts of stuff. And then he was trying to get uh, details of my um, bank account because he didn't have any money. So he was trying to get, you know, bank account details again. He same using the torture method to do to do so. Uh, he in this meantime he discovered I had texted my counselor that you know I was possibly raped, attacked, assaulted. Should I say? And uh, so he saw the text message on her phone, freaked out. Again, you know, the torture started. Um, everything possible. I was whipped with the wire hanger, I think. Uh, skin at my back was just ripped. Um, the worst the worst one, I think. I mean, yes, it's all, everything was bad. You can't really grade, you know. Which torture was better than the other? It's just, yes. it's just one of those. It's like, how do you grade it? Everything was bad. 
that must be a very, very troubled man, Gloria. Like this is just out, as I said, this is out of, you know, a horror movie. Yes. And I'm sorry. It's- Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Your life, yeah. you know, it's a, it, it, he was trying to dehumanize me. That's what it is, and you know, more he could do things to break me, so to speak, and you know, more. Uh, I don't know what he was trying to achieve, but I mean, I do know it's control. So you know, we didn't handle the rejection. Uh, and another one he used was he used uh, my kids to threaten, you know. Uh, or to do to make me do stuff. So if you don't do this, then you know, right. I will yeah. I will harm the kids and you know stuff like that. So yeah, sort of just so that was all literally all in one day, and then um, and then he decided uh, he was going to escape, and his initial escape plan was to go to he was he, we were going to drive. He was going to drive to Queensland and get on a boat and escape or something. Mm-hmm. And um, and I was going to come along with him and he was going to leave me at the border of Victoria and New South Wales and I'll make apparently make my way back home, whatever that would meant. And, mm-hmm. and, and he was absolutely paranoid of getting caught. So he was just constantly checking his phone um, and uh, avoiding... F- you know, highways, freeways. So he just went all through the back route, dirt route, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and where were you? Where were you? Uh, 
he would pull pull me in and out of the car boot. So initially I was in the front seat and then he drove drove to a, like a factory area. Then he put me in the boot and then, you know, so he would just uh, do this back and forth um, and, and assault me along the way as well. And until we reached, uh, until we reached a uh, uh, body called Young, and there, uh, and, but even before we reached Young, when we were at the border, I remember seeing, you know, I was trying to mem- memorize the places whenever I was out of, you know, out of the boat, trying to memorize where we were going, and uh, and when we were uh, like reached the border. I asked, uh, we are at the border, are you going to drop me sometime, sometime, you know, here or where, close by? And it just, it was like a, hmm, sort of, or just not non-responsive, so to speak. I just, it was like a hum or a, or he stayed, just stay quiet. And, uh, and yeah, and he, he just didn't. So I guess I believed in, he wasn't going to, and then that's when I really freaked out because you know the plan he had mentioned it was going beyond the plan now, and that's when I started really freaking out. I was like, okay, I am going to die, and I had, yeah, I had to come to terms with that, and I had accepted my fate that I was going to die. Um, then I, I was okay with that. It was like I couldn't do much, right? When you're gonna die you're gonna die <laughs> I could cry about it but uh, at that moment I guess yeah I had come to that moment and just uh, I prayed and I, I you know there's so many Christian stories of missionaries when they were getting tortured and persecuted and you know they would sing songs so I was singing all the old hymns I could remember you know the amazing grace and all sorts of things and um sort of come to peace with my fate, so to speak. And, uh, yeah, I had accepted that. And and then eventually when we did arrive in Young, uh, initially the hotel, we had arrived fairly early. So the hotel was, the motel, should I say, was closed. So, So we drove off and we parked somewhere in the orchard and there, uh, we stayed there for a while. Again, the torture and assault was happening all through this time as well. And while we were there, actually at the at the orchard, uh, I had a moment with him. I guess we were killing time. Um, and uh, yeah, I looked straight in his eyes and I said, "I forgive you." Uh, he didn't really like that. Um, and uh, yeah. So his reaction was, well, more torture. <laughs> so off he went, um, you know, uh, twisting my nipples. Gloria, were you um, in on the travel between Melbourne and Young? Yeah. Um, for two questions, were you clothed? Uh, 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 yeah, I was. I, he he picked up a pair of tracky pants. And then just a sweatshirt, so there was like no underwear or nothing. So I was just wearing that, no okay. shoes. Um, I remember, yeah, you know, at point 
I don't know where he pulled me out. Um, I remember walking on snow on, you know, literally ice with no shoes on. That was a bit cold. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so all this was happening. And, I, you know, there were, there were places where even while I was getting, getting questioned, you know, they asked, like, couldn't you escape? It's like, in, escape and go where? <laughs> and the other fear was uh, that because he had said that he had sent pictures of my kids to somebody and if I did something wrong that, you know, my kids would possibly get harmed. So the fear of trying to keep keep my kids if so you don't react, right? So, Of course. But, but also, correct me if I'm wrong, but you were at times, a lot of times, bound and gagged and you had a pillow over your head, didn't you? Um, I didn't have it on me, but it was just because while uh, not – in the car, car he would he would it would just go. He was just weird. I, I just he will go through moments. He will pull me out, you know, somewhere, tie me up, put me back, and then once I guess he kind of towards the end he relaxed, and so he stopped tying me. But it, it yeah, so he would just go through these weird phases. I guess mm. with his mm. paranoia or whatever what was going through his head. See, that is not a question. You just said that people said, um, couldn't you escape? That is not a question that I would ask myself because I think, of course, you are going to escape if you can. Mm. But, but, and it's almost like it's putting the blame on you because you didn't escape. But the why you didn't escape obviously is because of those threats mm. and the fact that he had he had these photos mm. um and he had said he was going to uh, harm your children mm. after after Darren has done this to you mm. absolutely and you expect think, the worst you know, then you, you, this this yeah this man means business like this is the the real deal he is not mucking around so I I don't like the fact that somebody has actually said, well, and I think I think if maybe if I wasn't a policewoman, yeah. I think people might think that like why didn't you escape? Oh, people, but yeah, I, people, I, mm. I've heard all sorts of questions and reasons. <laughs> you know, I bet you have. Should have, could have, would have done. Uh, but there's like, yeah, when you know when things are happening, should have, could have, would have doesn't come to your mind. <laughs> No, so no. The, those are least of your uh, worries, you know. Um, you're in a survival mode. You're you just uh, you're just trying to stay alive there and then, and you you mm. thinking of present and how can I survive this um, mm. this oh. hour and or so, this minute? Oh yeah, it, like literally, you're right. Yeah. Minute by minute, you are just surviving, and so you get to the um, after the orchard. Yeah. Uh, some you get to the motel. Yeah. What happens in the motel? Um, at the motel, he uh, he told me that he was going. He told the motel that apparently he had a sick mother, sick mother, or something. And then uh, he, he told me a different story and then at the motel he told a different story that, you know, but he did say there was a second person with him. And uh, obviously at, from the orchard he had put me in front of the car because, you know, you can't 
pull a person out of the boot in front of the front of the, <laughs> front of the sorry Corey, uh, but you're right she's like you know it's not gonna work right Oh, I just forgot this woman in the in the boot. Yeah. Don't don't um, don't ask any questions. <laughs> Bloody hell! Yeah, go on. Yeah. So sorry, I'm laughing, but it's like if I don't laugh, I'll cry. Um, oh, I, yeah, I feel a bit the same. But it's like seriously, that's right. Like bringing somebody out of the boot. Oh my goodness! So, but go on. Anyway, yeah. so he puts me in the front, drives me to the motel, and this. Uh, room was literally parked. We parked right in front of the room, so it was straight, you know, uh, from the car straight to the room. And uh, I guess he was tired because we had been driving all night. So, um, because I think so we had arrived initially at Young around 4 a.m. Um, oh, right. That early. Yeah. Okay. And so yeah. by the time we, you know, checked in, it was about. I don't know, seven or something. So we were, you know, killing time um, in the yeah. meantime. And uh, and then he initially he, I think so, we, we were just, I guess we were just tired. So we just slept. Um, and he, I, before we slept again, he had tied me up, you know, um, he, he, so I wouldn't run. And even when he would tie, like if he was sleeping, he tied my hands and then he tied another, I don't know, his shirt or something to that. And then he was holding it so I don't escape. Yeah. Okay. So he, he like tucked it under his, you know, um, so I wouldn't run. So he helped sort of, he was holding me. Um, and yeah, so, and then again, uh, so I don't know how I slept. I, you know, you you just do. I guess you're just sitting there. Be exhausted. Yeah, drained mentally. Yeah. Um, and he did wake up sometime during the day, uh, and then uh, what do you call? He got food from somewhere while while we had, uh, you know, while I was in the boot. Before before we went in, so he had all this food and from matters or something. He was like, "Go have some food." I don't know what I. I don't think I couldn't even eat. Um, and uh, and there he, again, I was assaulted. You know that whole tortured thing again. That it was it was literally like clockwork. He would do these certain things. You would go in a pattern, if that makes sense. You know, he yeah, would, it does. He yeah. would do this. He would do this, and then. You know, so he was like, I could tell what was coming. And um, and then towards the end, he asked me to take the needles out uh, from my, uh, you know, from my nipples, which he had pierced. So by this time I was, it was, I guess, my breasts were infected out. You know, I'm pretty sure. Hey, Gloria, are you saying that the needles were through your nipples yeah. this whole time? Yeah. And and he used that. <sighs> he used that to torture me. So that was his. You know, um, he would twist that to. Um, and then, um, yeah, he asked me to take the needles out and. Uh, um, think I had a shower and I, and and you know my 
I'm in this survival mode as well, you know. I'm trying to leave traces behind as well all along the way. And it's like, what I can leave behind. I remember we had stopped at once, even like at, we had stopped at one place. Uh, I had the divorce paper in the car and I was like, shit, if he finds the address, excuse my French, <laughs> uh, he finds the uh, finds the kid's address, the, you know, he, he can send this person to this place because I knew he didn't know the place. So I managed to slip out this envelope uh, out of the car and the police found it later on. They found they didn't find the divorce papers, but they found the envelope, and it had my ex's name written on it. So, like, right. they found it. I was like, yes. I don't know. I don't know who has my yes. divorce paper, but somebody has my divorce paper somewhere in Victoria. <laughs> yeah. But um, I don't know what they're going to get do with it. But sure. Um, and then, so it was like you know the breadcrumbs, sort of, you know, leaving the trail behind. And then as even the needles he asked me to throw, I, you know, wrapped it in a tissue. So I kept, rather than chucking out, I sort of kept it, in a, you know, threw it in a bin, but it was like strategically placed, if that makes sense. Um, So just in case somebody finds it. Uh, And then, um, and then he tied me up again, uh, but, you know, my arms were so sore because he would tie my hands at the back, um, back of me. So like my shoulders were killing me by this time. Um, and uh, gagged me again, duct tape, duct tape over my mouth and uh, put me in the cupboard and tied the cupboard up because there was no lock, so to speak. So he tied the cupboard up so I could open. And he said he was going to get some fuel or something and uh, he would be back. And he never came back. Oh, well, that's what I think anyway, <laughs> because I escaped yeah. in that time. Um, yeah. I, sitting there, he, he uh, you know, he cracked up the television. It was loud, so, you know, nobody could hear me, you know, yell, speak, or whatever. Um, and uh, he... He left, and I, I think I slept probably 10 minutes, 20 minutes nap, you know, sitting there because, you know, you can't do anything. Um, again, you know, when I did wake up, I was praying and, you know, whatever, and I was thinking of different stories because, you know, I remember I remember a story we had heard at, at church this lady, she had escaped um, the Taliban when the first invasion took place. Um, mm-hmm. And I was like, you know, sort of, I, in a weird way, sort of draw, I drew strength from that. Mm-hmm. And also, you know, there's another story in the Bible as well. There was, you know, St. Peter. Um, uh, no, it wasn't. Sorry. It was Paul. Paul and Barnabas, there were two people. They were locked up in the prison and they were singing songs and you know miracle happened the chains broke and they was free and I was like you know try that (laughs) so it was you know whatever possible I guess and I don't know how long I was in the cupboard I can't remember I like I can't I can't give you a time because I don't know um average I'm guessing probably three four hours maybe 
Uh, I remember, you know, Deal No Deal back in the day used to be a show. It used to come around four o'clock. That's what I remember. Um, And uh, what really pushed me was Nature Called. I had to go to the loo. (laughs) So uh, I, and uh, yeah, and I, and I was like, I have, and I'm going, I'm thinking if I do get out, if Darren walks in, I'm dead meat. You know, I'm, I, I, you know, you can imagine what would happen. And, but then I'm also thinking I have a little bit of dignity left and I don't want to pee in my pants. (laughs) So like everything else I've gone through, I'm like, I've got a little bit of dignity left. I'm not going to pee in my pants. (laughs) And I'm like, I'm, you know, all these things are going through my head and, uh, Somehow I managed to push the door with my leg and my feet, my knees, you know, different angles trying to, you know, push it. And eventually the door gave away. And, you know, and I remember staring at the door and going, if he walks in, I'm dead. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's the first thing I'd think of, I think. Yeah. And then then there was the big question, do I first go to the toilet or should I run? And tell us what what was your um what was the answer? <laughs> I ran first. But I regret it because then yeah, when they did go to the reception freaked out, they they didn't let me go to the toilet for another half hour and then I was busting by this time. So like yeah. it didn't really help. <laughs> but uh yeah, I remember ran to the door, went to the reception, poor lady the she was filling in. She just went white, you know. Oh, <laughs> Gloria, I cannot imagine we, how anybody would feel being confronted by somebody in your position. It would be her- horrific. Oh, God. Yep. I walk in with my hands tied, you know, tape hanging on the side because I managed to put the uh, take the tape out, pushing it with my tongue. Yep. So I managed to sort of and moving my mouth and, you know, just managed to sort of, uh, sort of get, uh, get that off from one side. So, but it was still hanging from one side. So, you know, it was a very classy look to walk into. <laughs> so, <laughs> and, uh, she walks in and she's freaked out. And I was like, I've been kidnapped from Melbourne. I'm from Melbourne. I think I've been kidnapped, you know, I've, Work at the drop-in center, trying to give a really short version of the story, and uh, and I said, you know, I'm in room number one, da da da, and I'm and I sat in the corner and I'm freaking out because you know if Darren walks in, I'm dead, right. and they'll yeah. go lock the door. She calls her husband, then they call the police, and this, you know, the this town was tiny, so I I think the Every little, every police officer was there. Oh, yeah. uh, and then obviously, yeah, then they, you know, took the pictures and stuff. And, yeah, I asked the lady, I was like, can I go to the toilet? And the, they're like, the police said, don't let her go anywhere. And I'm like, yeah. go to the toilet yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and, you know, that's a, a really diff- – it's a bit of a conundrum as a policewoman when you are confronted with somebody that has been uh, tortured and raped. Uh, what you try and do is uh, 
preserve every piece of evidence you can. And, of course, when somebody needs to go to the toilet, Mm. if you can hold them off from doing it. But like I've even uh, saved the paper that somebody wipes themselves with because you just, you would hate to lose that that vital evidence. Uh, so I sort of understand uh, the police, no, don't go to the toilet, yeah. but uh, in the end, you know, nature takes its course, doesn't it? What can you do? <laughs> got to go, you got to go. Uh, especially <laughs> after having two kids, forget it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you wouldn't know the female anatomy, so it just doesn't work. You know, <laughs> you know, it's funny, but when you're locked uh, in the room with him, the first thing I'm thinking of, it's just so me, but the first thing I'm thinking of to myself is, God, what happens if you need to go to the toilet? Did he, and I'm yeah. sure that would have happened, but did he go with you or did he uh, allow you to go to the toilet on your own? I don't imagine he would. He did, but he would stand, you know, he would stand at the door or just leave the door open or stuff like that. Oh, right. So he would, yeah. yeah. Watching every yeah. move and paranoid. Yeah, he was paranoid about everything. He would like take the battery out of the phone just so they couldn't trace the phone and stuff like that. Mm. Like- mm. And, and so uh, the police come. You obviously get uh, examined, um, and they, you know, they they do their work. But Darren was um, located, wasn't he? Yeah. So. Um, they took me to Canberra actually for forensics because yep. uh, Young was too small of a place to get the forensics, or they couldn't find anybody. So, uh, so they were thinking, where would they take me? Um, and and on the way back, uh, the uh, the officer who was driving me, um, he told me like they had found. Um, Darren apparently had that would have been a big relief wouldn't it yes yes uh, yeah, he had crashed he apparently crashed my car and about two hours away from young in um, they found him in Lithgow um, so yeah uh, yes this, this, so that was a relief and they did the initial um, interview in Canberra the, so the whole team came from uh, Sydney and, um, yeah, so they did the initial interview in camera and they uh, charged him initially on that, uh, yeah, mm. evidence cool. or what do you say? <laughs> Statement. That's yep. the word. Yep, yep. Uh, can we go back a little bit? Um, how did you find the whole police process? Did Did you feel... That like were they uh, did they explain what they were doing, uh, why they were doing it? Like were you uh, kept in the loop, so to speak, or how amazing is Gloria to think of everything that she's been through, and she still manages to have the strength to like have a laugh and see goodness in people and the world in general. Uh, it, it would almost make me think about becoming a Christian if that's how forgiving somebody can see the world like Gloria can. Uh, next week, we talk more about the, oh, I don't know, agony, uh, anxiety and trauma that Gloria had to endure over 10 years of reliving her nightmare time and time again due to both the judicial systems in New South Wales and Victoria 
being different, uh, which I've got to say, um, I can't, I don't think it can be helped and I don't know how we fix it, but to put a victim through so much to prove a case, surely we don't need the victim to have to repeat her evidence almost word for word. But anyway, look, have a, have a good week and uh, we'll talk next week. Thanks. As you've probably noticed, we've moved to a new platform called ACAST. I think that's the right expression, I've got no idea. And my previous reviews haven't transferred over. I need reviews. <laughs> Could you do me a favour and put up a review? And thank you so much for your support and patronage. With your help, I can give you that little bit extra. Thanks. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavourless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. <laughs>